Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll pick up where we left off in chapter 8 of the book of Mark. We just left off where Jesus fed 4,000 people by multiplying thousands of meals from a few fish and loaves. Jesus and the disciples immediately left that place by boat. And when they went ashore again, Jesus encountered more of the hypocritical Pharisees of the day. They intended to test and to discredit him, of course. Ironically, after all the healings and casting out of demons that Mark already recorded, the Pharisees were seeking a sign of his divine authority. Interesting how you can present all the evidence in the world to a hard-hearted and sinful mindset, and the bondage to sin won't allow anything to change that mind. This phenomenon has never changed. And as Jesus warns in this passage, we must still be on the alert to those who wear all the trappings of religion and may even speak the language, but reject Jesus as their Lord and their God by holding fast to sin and disobeying God. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Spiritual Poison. You put in a little tiny bit of yeast and it affects the whole thing because it causes a cascading uh, reaction that gives it its texture and some of its flavor and, and uh, aerifies the dough and makes it, makes it rise. So it's because of the power of a little yeast to affect a lot of dough that Jesus used that as uh, an illustration of a little sin or a little bit of false teaching or a little bit of bad attitude and how that can corrupt many people. That's what he meant. Don't let even a little bit of bad thinking, bad attitude, or bad doctrine get to you. Now, I read all eight verses so you could see the point that he's talking about poisonous teachings of groups like the Pharisees and the Sadducees or the corrupt attitudes of someone like Herod Antipas. Now, let's look at what they are briefly because that's the main lesson from the passage. What are these hazardous spiritual influence. We'll start with the leaven of the Pharisees. Mark chapter 8, verse 15, he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, what do Pharisees look like? What do Sadducees look like? What do Herodians look like? Well, they don't wear red costumes. They don't carry pitchforks. They don't have wild-looking, crazed eyes. They don't speak in raspy voices. They're spit-shined. They look great. They're really good on the outside. They're, they're, they, they probably have charisma. They, they, they really look good. So how can you recognize Pharisaic poison pills? Well, in the, in the previous chapter, remember we saw that Jesus exposed the legalism of the Pharisees. They were the people who added things to the Scriptures and then made those things of equal authority to the Scripture, which takes away the authority of Scripture, and made them 
requirements that they put on other people for salvation or for the label of spiritual. Their traditions had become more important to them even than the Scriptures. Mark chapter 7, verse 8 is where Jesus said it, neglecting the commandment of God, you, you Pharisees, hold to the tradition of men. We've seen it in things like their absurd Sabbath rules that they had. Um, We we find them easy targets because it was way back then, but you know what? The leaven of Pharisees is still at work. There are people today who um, love to come to church and uh, make an appearance of how good they are, and then they go home and scream at their spouse or disrespect their children or mouth off to the clerk in the grocery store. But they, oh, they look good when they're on display. People these days leave churches because maybe they're more committed to a certain style of music than they are committed to the Scriptures. Or for, for some, that it's got to be this translation of the Bible, or you're not really spiritual, or the order of service, or uh, a, a dress code, or the day and time of the worship, or the personality of a pastor, or the... The, the furniture and the architecture of the church, all kinds of things we can elevate as more important than they ought to be. A lot of people say, you know, we, we, we've always done it this way. And let me suggest to you, that can very easily become Phariseeism. One, we've always done it this way is one of the worst reasons for ever doing it that way again, unless you can connect what you're doing to the Scriptures and standing on the right uh, basis for what you do. On another occasion, Jesus boiled down the leaven of the Pharisees to one word. It's in Luke chapter 12, verse 1. He says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. What ties it all together that made up the convoluted system of the Pharisees was their hypocrisy, that desire to appear to be righteous on the outside, but covering up the wickedness of the heart. They love to make a show of looking righteous. They love to make a show of praying in public, sounding a trumpet before they drop their alms in the receptacle at the, at the temple. Jesus said about them in Luke chapter 18, verse 19, He says, They trust in themselves that they are righteous and view others with contempt. You see, the true gospel begins with the fact that you're dead in your trespasses and sins, and, and, and you can't make yourself alive. You can't do anything about your spiritual deadness. You have to come and you have to call out to God, who, who is the only one who can make you alive by His grace in Christ. Well, Phariseeism begins with, you can and you must be righteous on your own. You must put on the right face. Now, what does it look like today? Well, things like, I don't know, making mention of how much you read your Bible, how much you pray or how you get up early to pray or how much you share your faith. Jesus says, all those things are important, but do it quietly. Don't make a show of it. 
Let God who sees in secret reward you. We in evangelicalism these days in America, I think we have to be honest, we tend to attract certain kind of people. We tend to attract primarily pretty button-down, conservative, moralistic folks. I don't have any problem with, with that, but if it's to the exclusion of a reaching out to the poor, the refugees, the handicapped, the bereft, the outcasts. What does Phariseeism look like today? Well, things like having to be from the right schools or reading the right books or attending the right church. It's just the same as it was in Jesus' day. It's loving to be seen by men for our outward goodness. It's things like putting your name on the things that you donate or making a show of praying rather than just doing it quietly, using your abilities to gain applause rather than because you want to honor God with the best that you have. Phariseeism or legalism in that sense or that kind of hypocrisy boils down to adding anything to what's in the Bible and making it the standard that you expect others to live up to in order for you to declare them righteous like you are or for them to be saved like you are. And it's alive and well in our generation. It just doesn't happen to go by the name of Phariseeism. It's hypocrisy, it's legalism, and it's poison. There is leaven of Pharisee influences galore. Just be careful. Next category of spiritual, uh, hazardous spiritual influences. Mark mentions it also in chapter 8, verse 15. The leaven of Herod. He was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the leaven of Herod. That's interesting. Herod wasn't the friend of the Jews. But you know, there was a party that of the, among the Jews, like the Sadducees, like the Pharisees. There was the, the Herodians. Remember that they were the ones who, who were sort of cozying up to Herod Antipas, and they were part of the plot to, uh, to, to murder Jesus. The corrupting influence of Herod that he illustrates is politics and immorality. I know you don't think the politics and immorality go hand in hand, but I've got news for you. There was a cozy relationship between Herod Antipas and especially the Sadducees because they controlled the priesthood and what went on in and around the temple. And this corrupting influence is evident today, just as it was then, when people marry their faith to a certain political stance or currying political power or favors or advancing a political agenda of a certain party, even when it isn't derived from Scripture. Many times I've been asked over the years to make available the church directory to groups so that they can look and see who isn't registered to vote and send them registration materials or systematically call people to campaign for their thing, whatever it is. And we always turn them down because that's not what we're about. The leaven of Herod is still alive and well. I highlighted for you, oh, I don't know, some weeks back, the um, tragic results of the Ligonier Ministries study, 
their survey of the, the state of theology in America. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.